Today is Thursday, August 31st. The title for our devotional is Reflections on God's Glory. Remember this week, I asked some folks in the church to share their thoughts from our worthy campaign on the topic of worship. So today, we're hearing from Savannah Adams. This campaign has been both inspiring and convicting for me in so many ways. Contemplating God's worthiness can feel daunting, intimidating, or perhaps even too challenging, too weighty to put into words or effort. We know from Scripture that we are human, we are flawed, and this side of heaven we only see in part, like studying someone's reflection in a dimly lit mirror. But one thing that has stood out to me as we've studied God's worthiness is how much His holiness and glory should be a comfort to us. While we should have a healthy respect for His power and might, Proverbs 9.10 assures us, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, it can also bring us freedom, peace, and joy. Consider someone that you greatly respect and admire or embody something you aspire to. Perhaps it is a host of a podcast or the author of a book you've learned greatly from. Maybe it is a social media influencer, an athlete, a local business owner, a missionary, or a family member. The unfortunate reality is that no matter who they are, when they lived, what they've accomplished, they will inevitably let you down in some way. They have limitations, as we all do, and they are also a work in progress, as we all are. They will succumb to temptation, and they will fail you or people around you. Their humanity guarantees they cannot get things right all the time, nor can they possibly see, know, or care about the full picture of your life, your heart, your story. While we can admire others for the image of God they bear, anything good displayed in them is a dim reflection of true goodness, our Lord. Conversely, God's worthiness, His holiness, His perfection allows us not only to be drawn to Him, want to be around him and please him, but gives us the ultimate freedom to trust him fully. He cannot sin against us, so we are completely safe to trust him. He cannot lie or go back on what he has promised us, so we can live confidently in his word. He promises to be working all situations for our ultimate good, so we can have peace even when walking through the valley of the shadow of death. His justice and mercy work completely and perfectly together so we can forgive even the heaviest sins others have committed against us and release that justice to him. Because we know he is all-knowing and transcends time and space, his sovereignty gives us freedom from having to control our own outcomes. He doesn't hold our sins against us, so we can confess to him without fear. He will never leave us or forsake us, so we are safe to let our walls down with him fully without risk of abandonment. Every good and perfect thing originates from the Father so we have freedom to find him in all the beautiful moments around us, big and small. We know he is compassionate, patient, kind, gentle in spirit, good, faithful, wise, discerning, true, joyful, hopeful, trustworthy. We could go on and on, but as John noted, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. John 21, 25. Doesn't that sound like someone you want to be around? Aspire to be like? Tell people about? Have you met anyone that even comes close to being all of that to you? God is the only one worthy of our total adoration, our time and daily routines, our headspace, our money, our energy, and our efforts. Our heart, soul, mind, and strength, as Mark 12:30 says. He is the only one who deserves it, the only one who can handle it, because we were made for him. C.S. Lewis wrote, If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, 
the logical explanation is that I was made for another world. There is nothing and no one in this world that can satisfy your heart's deepest cry or earn your total affection, and they aren't supposed to. You were made for communion with and adoration of a marvelous and worthy God, who, in the greatest mystery of all, adores us back. Below are a few scriptures that reflect on the attributes of God. By no means is this an exhaustive list. I hope that in reflecting on his worthiness, you begin to crave his presence and enjoy worshiping him. Because as David wrote, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere in Psalm 8410. I'll just list a few. Uh, All of them are up on the devotional page. So if you navigate over to there, you can read all the lists of God's attributes that Savannah included. He is incomprehensible. Isaiah 40, 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Patience. 2 Peter 3, 8-9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Forgiving. Psalm 103.12 As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. He is compassionate. Isaiah 25.8 He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. He is sovereign. Colossians 1.17 He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is creative. Psalm 104.24 O Lord, what a variety of things you have made. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full your creatures. She's listed many more wonderful attributes of God that we can worship him and trust him for who he is.